you uh, text Kirby, see if he's showing up for episode 228? I have uh, messaged him in the chat to see if he is. All right. Maybe he'll just tell him to click on the link and he can jump right in. Linky poo. He was here for uh, episode 227. See, there was a seven in there. That's why he showed up. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that was part of it. Yeah. And you even na- you named the episode after him, too. Yeah, it was a 7XL invasion. That was an invasion angle. Yeah. WCW invasion. See, I know my wrestling lingo. Uh, I know, man. Oh, which reminds me, you need to run down to Hogan's uh, Beach Shop. Um, and pick me up an action figure autographed by him. It's only like 280 bucks. I was just there the other day. You were? Yeah, I sent you all the pictures in the chat uh, of uh, being at the beach shop. Sent you the pictures of the belts. Sent you the, the uh, Thunder Lips. Uh, oh, wait, you went there on the 17th then? No, no, no. I went there just like a few days ago. Because they had something going on July 17th. Yeah, I I didn't attend that. It was just, I happened to be down there. Spencer and I went, um, went I, down towards that area. Yeah, I did see the photos. I thought they were just photos that you had from, you know, back no. when you were there. No, I actually went. Wow. Okay. So what what you guys got? Anything? Uh, what did we get? Well, Spencer thought it was... He was just amazed that this guy, Hulk Hogan, has a whole shop dedicated to, towards him. He was like, you know, just the generation differences, you know? Right. He's just like, who is Hulk Hogan? You know? Not that he doesn't know him, but I think hmm. he was he was more like just impressed that this guy has a whole shop. Name. I'm like, there's actually multiple He's got one, he's got two of these shops, and and he but, opened up the restaurant in Clearwater. Yeah, I mean he he really does. You know, unless you're from the '80s or the '90s, you it's kind of doesn't mean a lot to you, I guess. Hmm. I mean, you still know who he is, but uh, I mean, of of famous celebrities. Uh, you know, we talked about this a couple times in the chat with Kirby, uh, you know, when he was talking about, you know, the 49ers and stuff like that. And I mean, in terms of celebrities and names, name recognition, he has to be very high on the list. Um, Hulk Hogan. I mean, it has to be a, a name that ranks really, really high on right up there with uh, Tom Brady. You know what Spencer actually brought up to me? Uh, the Formula One driver, <clears throat> Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Um, he has over 22 million followers, and Tom Brady has 9 million. Pretty mm. impressive when you think, you know. Considering all of Brady's success. Uh, well, they don't and, like football over there. Well, yeah, but that, that shouldn't really matter because it's worldwide, you know? So 
Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess he got me there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when he told me that, I was kind of amazed. I, Nine million followers on what? On, I don't know if it was Facebook or if it was Instagram, one of the two. But yeah, Lewis Hamilton, twenty. it was like 22 million something. And... You know, considering, let's look it up right now on Instagram. Tom Brady, there he is. Got the check mark. I don't want to see your story. Yeah, so 9.9 million followers. I mean, he's only posted 659 times. It's pretty lame for a superstar. Yeah, what the hell? Um, Lewis. There's Lewis Hamilton, check mark. 23.2 million So that was Instagram. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not happy about that statistic. Those are nice. Well, those are some nice double D's. <laughs> yep. And as we'd like to point out, uh, you know. Interestingly enough, that was Allison's, our first tire that we came out with, and Allison named it. Allison. So, Allison named it, named it, yep. Oh, boy. And it's been really, it's been a very successful tire over the years. I wonder how she came up with that name. Um, well, if you, if you care, um. There on the tire itself, there's actually in the center, there's two that looks like there's two D's back to back. So double D's. So in the center, there's actually mm, I was two, thinking something else. But okay, yeah. I, that there's makes two sense. features. <clears throat> uh, there's two features that are back to back that look like two D's back to back. So double D's. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Bill says F1 is huge in some countries, getting 50% of the households watching a race. Wow. Yeah, which I think is, uh, you know, obviously that's true. Uh, but I know when I was in Finland the first time in 1999, uh, you know, families watched uh, the Formula One races like, you know, like like uh, maybe you'd watch the Super Bowl here. Yeah, you know, it was it was a big deal. And but yeah, <clears throat> Lewis Hamilton. I mean, he's almost got three times the amount of followers as Tom Brady. So, um, you know, if you're somebody l- looking to, sp- I don't know, sponsor somebody, support somebody. Uh, you know, we talked about this in the chat earlier about. Uh, is that Simone? Is that her name? We're talking about her sponsors. Yeah. The gymnast. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think, yeah, so it must be Simone. <clears throat> Let's see how many she's got. She's, she's got 5.5 million followers. Hmm. And <clears throat> she says that on her bio here, uh, she's got the check mark too. Olympic gold medalist, dog mom, just laughing through life, pizza connoisseur. 
So she likes pizza. Can't blame her there. No. I wonder if she likes the Pizza Hut breadsticks like like you like. Man, I haven't been in a Pizza Hut since um, pandemic broke out. Yeah. It was a breakout. I don't even know if they're still... I guess they are now. You could sit down at the restaurant. So I might have to make a trip. Go in there. Remember, I remember back in the day, people make memes about this, but it was so true. Like, you would go to a Pizza Hut, and it was like a real meal. You know what I mean? Like, you would sit down, and they'd bring the thing out to you, and like those, you know, heavy cast iron, yeah, uh, yeah, plates. I think or, they still do uh, dishes. Do they really do that? Yeah, I think they still have them. Hmm. And then, you, you know, they'd have video games you could play there. Stand-ups. I don't know. If, did they have the sit-down video games, too? Uh, mine did. Had, like, the Pac-Man table. Yeah. 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 That used to be the place to go after races, too. RC race. Just head out to a Pizza Hut somewhere. Where's, where's the local Pizza Hut, you know? The one uh, I have in my hometown has been there ever since I've lived here. My whole life it's been there. Ah, man, you're lucky. Ours closed up. It's too expensive for this area. (laughs) You remember when uh, you would get the, in, like, grade school, they had the book it thing. You'd get the stickers, and, like, if you read, like, so many books, you would, you could get, like, Pizza Hut stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That that was awesome. That was a fun time. I sucked at that, but (laughs) um, Allison said she just killed it with those damn getting those because she would just read like you know mad couldn't you like bs your way through that though i don't know like a will uh will will says uh i want one of those always time for pizza clocks they used to have at pizza hut you might be able to get one on ebay yeah like i got my video camera I should bring in my video camera. You should. Wilburns, I still have those buttons. What's he talking? Oh, is it, so, they had buttons. Like I was saying, it was a sticker, but he probably he has probably had a button, you know, with the. <clears throat> yeah, those were some good days, but yeah, the. The old, the old followers on Instagram. There you have it. Rick says, uh, evening, guys. What up? Uh, so, Fuzzbite's new uh, NCTS spec tires on black carpet? Um, I don't know yet. I'm not sure what we're going to do. We haven't gotten to that. Uh, we'll be the last race in Minnesota this year. We're not sure what we're going to do there. Last year, we ran the Swaggers in the Twin pins. The Jack Swaggers. We the people. That's for you wrestling so, fans. Um, if we do use them, it would be in Minnesota, but I don't know if we will. Um, the the race on turf will still be running the Nessies there, most likely. And the Swagger fronts. That always is a good combo there at RC Madness. Got to get that right because Chris Marcy... One time I said RC excitement, and he's like, look, 
it's RC Madness. And yeah, I was but you like, corrected oh. yourself. Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry. Don't. I didn't even know what I was saying. I was doing it on a live video. He's like, man, you, you said the wrong name. I was like, oh, man, sorry. Uh, Rick says he's hearing they are testing pretty well down there. Oh, yeah. it's The, the Fuzz Bites have been a great tire. Uh, it's a carpet. Definitely at the carpet tire to have, I think. <clears throat> oh, Spencer's in the chat. Spencer, just check out the shirt, buddy. That goes with his goat. Oh. Goes with his goat shirt. So when you say you're the goat, does that mean like you're you're only saying greatest of all time? In, in but yeah, but in your sport, right? Yeah. I mean, like yeah, in the sport, you're not saying yeah. It. But you could be the greatest of all time of anything, right? You can claim yourself to be the greatest of all. I could claim myself to be the greatest of all time or something. Right. <laughs> Even though I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can, but, just, uh, you can make all these claims. Yeah, Simone, uh, she wears the goat on her gymnast outfit, which you don't like her doing. But uh, no, I think it's pretty it, damn cool. If you know you're good, definitely, you could back it, it definitely, up. Yeah, it definitely did not work out in her advantage here. But it has in the past, so she's good. And Oh, yeah. She's wearing a goat on her sleeve, and I think she even had earrings or something with the goat. I don't know. but Had a pillow. I'm a had big a fan of that stuff. Because yeah, uh, there's no, what was it, uh, Jason? No medals for being humble. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I wish some of these uh, RC guys would put a goat on their cars. Well, it could be just Mayfield. Goat. Spencer was wearing a goat shirt though, so mm-hmm. I think Spencer was claiming he was the goat because we were talking about Mayfield possibly being a goat, and then Spencer shows up in a video with the goat shirt on. I think there was a yeah. message being sent there by Spencer. Yeah, he was uh, sending that sending that message. I think he was. But yeah, I. Uh, she wait. John says uh, she is so good. People are complaining. Okay. I never even watched her. <laughs> I never even seen a clip to be honest with you. I didn't know much about her. Kirby seemed to know a lot about her today when we were talking about it in the chat. He knew he knew a lot. I had no idea she sounds weird, but I had no idea she won gold medals in the past and stuff, so I didn't Yeah. I mean that's why she, um, I didn't follow it. You know, but, with the the you know, making the goat reference. Well, that's I, why. yeah. I just figured she just came on the scene now and she's like really good. So she's like, <laughs> Hey, look, I'm awesome. Here's a goat, you know. Like, I don't know. But uh you're like when Kirby dropped that info, I was like, Oh damn. Well, uh guess what I just said doesn't help my cause. What was the old Saturday Night Live routine? Uh, I'm just a caveman. I don't understand your modern ways. Remember that? No, I don't. Yeah, I used to do a skit where he, I think he was a caveman. And was it Phil? Phil Hartman? Did he do it? Uh, one of those guys <laughs> where I think you, and then, you know, people would talk about stuff. And he would say, I'm just a caveman and I don't understand your modern ways. And that's pretty much as the shtick. Yeah. We'll have to bring that up. All right. That sounds funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. right, Matt says track in general thoughts slash predictions for the 10 scale Nats this year. 
Jason, you just came back from doing a test session with Spencer at mm-hmm. the track. Yeah. Well, um, in beautiful you know, Gathersburg, the, Maryland. Yeah, and you know we flew in Hagerstown. Hagerstown. Okay. There's something in Hagerstown. I thought there was. I don't. There used to be a track them back in the day. There used to be. Uh, there was one in Maryland. It was called the Off Road Headquarters. Okay, I don't remember. And that, it was. Um, I want to say Rockville, Maryland. I could be wrong on that, but I went there okay. a few times. It was really awesome. But they closed up. There was, went there with Trinity. No, I went there with a couple friends from back home here. Yeah, Brian Roder. Norm and John Swisher, Charlie Shotwell. Okay. Actually, went with Charlie Shotwell. We drove down together, but we all met at the same hotel and stuff. And uh, funny story, and I think I told this on the pa- podcast a long podcast. I think I told this on the podcast a long time ago. Anyway, me and Charlie are driving down the road, and we're following friends, right? And there, are, there are a couple cars ahead of us. Well, anyway, they have nothing to do with the story, to be honest with you. But anyway. As we're driving down the road, I said to Charlie, because there's this hot chick just walking by, and I'm like, dude, check that chick out. So he checked her out, and then when he turned back around, boom, we slammed in the back of somebody. Oh. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe Charlie wasn't driving. Charlie was <laughs> I forget who was driving. I just know I wasn't driving, and uh, but I was checking the chick out, and I made... Uh, che- I, you know, made the driver check the chick out, and all of a sudden, turned back around, was slammed right in the back of it. I think it was like one of those Ford uh, Fiestas at the time, tiny F-150. little thing. Yeah, and well, we had a truck with a plow hook up on the front end of it. So you just destroyed, destroyed, the destroyed that the the back end of that car was literally right up against her. Mm. Yeah, luckily she was okay, and um. Man, now I'm thinking about that story. That, that was like 1990. I don't think Charlie. 90. I don't think Charlie was driving. Um. So where was I here? We were talking about the Nats. So you're at the Nats. You're you're doing or you're at a test session pre Nats. Yeah. Was Spencer? Well, yeah, we got up there. Uh, they were in the middle of a club race, so we watched a little bit of the club race, and then kind of got settled in. Um. Oh, they were already running the club race. Yeah, so we just uh, kind of okay. because I, I was wondering when you were telling me, I was like, man, how come you guys are not racing that? Yeah, ran a club race, and we got there just to kind of watch a little, see what was going on, and uh, you know, the Spencer ran. He ran like one time, you know, in between the club race and uh, you know between rounds. So he got a little bit of. Just got a feel out of the track. Just ran one time, and then Sunday there was their open practice day, so we ran a little, a uh, little, little ran a little bit on Sunday. And let's see what we do. And then Monday uh, we ran part of the day on Monday, and then flew out on Monday. So you know we got some running in, uh, but you know it's it's a high traction track, or I would assume it's going to be a high traction track. Uh, based on what we saw, uh, it's a different configuration than it was last time. It was uh, last time the track was turned the other direction. Now it's against the back wall, essentially. Uh, I think it's a little better than it was before. And I mean, if you're 
you know, if somebody's just wanting to turn laps and, and, and get used to driving their 10 scale car on, you know, high traction, I think it's probably the place to go. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, it's in really good condition and we had, we had a good time. You know, everyone's obviously always is uh, super nice and Mimi was, you know, real accommodating if we needed something and, you know, not like, uh, you know, not like we really needed much, but just a track, right? Just want to like, drive. We need prime pit spots come Nats. You know, what's funny is we had prime pit spots there. We just walked up and there was an open table right next to the back straightaway. And we're like, all right, this is awesome. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Didn't, so yeah, she didn't reserve didn't it for to. you. No, didn't even have to have it reserved. It was just. Oh, well, did crazy. you surprise? Did you just show up and they didn't know you were coming? Right. Uh, Mimi kind of knew we were coming because Spencer called there one day just mm. to ask what their schedule was. And she had caller ID and she's like, are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> she, she had, yeah. She gets so, excited when the pros show up. Um, it, it got me thinking like, how cool would it be like, you know, you take you Spencer or Mayfield or whoever the pros and you just show up at like a club race somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know, just one weekend, you just, you know, find out somebody, what their schedule is. And you guys just show up and Spencer's mm-hmm. there and Mayfield or Mayfield or whatever. And you guys are just, and people would go nuts. Yeah. And you know, that's the kind of stuff that used to happen in the older days when you didn't have so much social media and attention is, you know, you would make plans and you would just go, you would just show up and do stuff like that. And, um, now you don't see it as much. There's definitely nowhere near as many surprises, I guess, is probably the main thing is you just, you don't see surprises like that anymore. I thought about like uh, WWE would do house shows and then occasionally mm-hmm. they'll send like the rock just to show up or triple H out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That would be thinking, amazing. I'd, yeah. It'd be cool for RC guys. Like, you know, just go to some club somewhere and show up. Hey, here we are. Yeah. It would be amazing. <clears throat> uh, it, it, but you know, it, it is a little different today than it, than it was in, in the old days in terms of some of those things, but I think it would still, it would still be neat. And there's definitely probably a a time and a place to do that and have some success. Uh, Rob Sturgill, good friend, Rob Sturgill. Uh, I want to, I want to say something, (laughs) I want to say something funny about Rob, but uh, anyway, uh smoothie two update anything anything a snippet maybe no nothing yet no update on the smoothie two nope okay not yet sol rob <laughs> <clears throat> no it, it takes it it takes a little while to get these things kind of kind of well rob any update that jason has on the smoothie two you'll be the last to know 
All right, Kyle chasing in the chat. What's up, guys? What's going on, Kyle? Ron sure. Oh, Ron. What's up, Ron? How's it going? Forget what episode uh, we had Ron on, but uh, making... you can scroll back and listen to our interview with him. Yeah, we got a lot of pretty good questions here already. Uh, Rick says, uh, "When are we gonna? When are we gonna see pin swag four wheel drive fronts?" I don't know if we're going to. Let me think about that for a second. Let me take a look. Man, you stumped him with this question, Rick. Uh, I don't think we are going to do them. Hmm. Looking at some of my information I got here. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's... So Rick is SOL. No, I mean, we have a rear, we have a pin swag rear, but we kind of felt like the... The fuzz bite made the better front tire, but so not right now. All right. So Will Brenton checks in making uh, V2 double D's for truck. Um, I doubt it. Those aren't even designed. I think actually the pin swag four wheel fronts were actually even designed, but we haven't, we didn't make them, but I don't think we even designed the double D V2 for truck just cause we just did the sprinters and they, they work so good. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we'll see them at least not right now. If the mini truggy starts doing better or taking over then i think we would see doing the 10 scale one but stadium truck in the dirt man that has to be pretty rare what do you mean um just the the, the current stadium trucks that have uh, like a the most recent ones they just don't race them a lot i don't think in in like normal outdoor dirt conditions i don't know i could just be okay interesting uh charlie mack wants to know is uh jason the rona coming to so nats so that would be the <clears throat> the southern nats i guess which is in louisiana usually i go let me look at the calendar here Depends if there's anything else going on. Southern Nats is the 17th through the 19th. Somebody will be there. Somebody will be there. Damon Berkowitz checking in. What's going on, guys? What's up, Damon? I think I'm usually at the Southern Nats. I think I'll probably be there. He'll be there now, now that you mention it. Put it on your calendar. Sounds like it says Ron's got some good news for us. Uh, I'm sure that Ron, yep. Got some news for you. 
Hmm. Well, is it good news or bad news? <laughs> we may not want to. Good news or bad news, Ron? <clears throat> or like spicy or spicy news? You know, it's like um, in Fletch, you know. Remember in Fletch, he gets in his apartment and he's like, oh, ho, ho, our problems just may be solved. Yeah. Ed McMahon, I think I just won a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he opens the envelope in front of the guy. Oh. Yeah, because they were there to collect or something. Yeah. Oh, boy. I oh, hey, look. Again. Problem might be solved here. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I lost again. Sorry. Uh, where am I at here? So, Ron, you got to share some news with us. Uh, I can send you a link, Ron, if you want to join the show, if it's something cool. Sure speed, Ron. Um, Tyler says, uh, checking in from YouTube, by the way. Hey, Gotti, is the other podcast you have, other podcasts you have with Spencer? I'm having trouble saying podcast today. Uh, with Spencer on Spotify. No, we never did put it on. We never did uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever. We just did the video feed. And uh, we actually didn't do too well on that football podcast because Spencer obviously didn't have enough time. Um, and uh, we had Justin Jubert fill in for him a few times, maybe even once or twice. Every I time. Don't, <laughs> I don't forget how many we did. I think we did six of them. But really? that was yeah, and then there was a lot of things going on that just really I couldn't make it and all sort of stuff. So didn't go as planned. It had nothing to do with Spence. It just scheduling. I mean, it just I would love to do it though a football podcast because um, uh, training camp opened up today. Ugh, football. I would love to talk about my Chargers. Oh no, <laughs> Justin we got a, Herbert. We've got a team flip. Uh, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, so I'm hoping you know, Brady gets his know. eighth. I'm hoping Brady wins his eighth this year, and then um, eighth. And I uh, hope I uh, hope I get my number eight in fantasy football. Hmm. All right, uh, I'm losing track here. So uh, yeah, the football pod- podcast that might be on still, but you know Spencer is really busy, so maybe just. Once or twice throughout the year, if I can get my buddy Jubert to join me. Um, it's Jason. We got that question now. Uh, here we go, Jason. Another one from Rob Sturchill, actually contributing to the show. Sturchill, what is the feedback on the new phones for ten scale, two wheel, and four wheel? Uh, we ran those, and we we ran them quite a bit at the desert, not the desert classic, the INS that was at uh, Hobby Action, and I think smooth conditions where you have the high grip, they definitely seem to, I think, be the way to go. And the only I think downfall would be if the track's bumpy, uh, they don't seem to handle the bumps quite as well. So. Um, if you're looking for more stability, high speed, you got plenty of traction and the track smooth seems to be the way to go. Okay. Um, John Bolton wants to know, how do you see supply chain issues for 2022? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know what the, what the future is going to, what, you know, it's going to hold there. I mean, I know that 
we've been pretty um, maintaining the same as we have in, in the years past. Uh, you know, people, uh, you know, people ask us all the time, of course, um, they want more, more items. They're always asking us about stock of things, but I mean, we're making a lot of items and uh, we're making more than we ever have and we're selling more than we ever have. So uh, it's not that we're not making it or getting it. It's just, it's, it's selling right now. It's um, things have been hot. RC in general has been very hot. So things are selling. Uh, Rick wants to know, is there a good answer to stadium truck carpet rear tire wear? It seems like no matter the brand, they seem to wear very quickly, especially on outdoor carpet slash turf. That is very high grip where a buggy tire might last for two to three full race days. Truck tire might last for only one. Yeah, I think truck tires do wear more for some reason. And I think um, the the reason that they do wear with the treads that are out, especially the one we have, the pin downs, is the pins are pretty far apart, really, for a uh, for a uh, as to get traction on carpet and astroturf, the pins are, are, have some spread to them, but that also makes them wear quicker. So, um, you know, with the buggy tires, we've, you know, we've gone through several different variations with, you know, twin pins. And then now on the, um, the fuzz bites we talked about earlier and all those tire treads seem to wear better than the pin downs do. And everybody in stadium trucks seems to have a tire, you know, Schumacher has like their old mini spikes and then they have, uh, they're really flat and small, but they have single pins and they're spread out quite a bit. I'm sure those wear, uh, quite a bit also. Um, so I think the Schumacher ones are mostly because they're old tires that were made in the eighties and the nineties and they're, the, the pin spacing is pretty far apart. And, our pin downs are kind of the same from that standpoint that the pins are spaced quite a bit. So they, they're going to grip well, but they're going to wear fast. And on stadium truck, I think the surface uh, area that you're touching seems to wear a lot. So the, the answer in stadium truck would be uh, more pins closer together and which can be done. It's just, Stadium truck always seems to be last in terms of everybody's response to it. I know there's actually people that use our front swagger tire front and rear mm. on some carpet and AstroTurf because they do wear better. So it looks really odd though to put a, like, cause it's this front tire, they put it in the back, but they don't work too bad. They actually work. Okay. Um, I don't think it, better than having the pin downs in the rear, but people do do that. Um, so the, yeah, that's what has to do with the, the stadium trucks, the surface area, the tires are probably spinning more, uh, the pin <clears throat> spacing of the tires, which usually makes the biggest difference. Try that front tire all the way around. That's kind of an interesting, you know, if you had an associated truck, you can do that pretty easy. You can just, the, the wheels are the same front and back 
Uh, I think the low C truck's the same too. Uh, Pete Phillips says uh, races are just going to sand them down to slicks anyway. Well, for carpet, they don't do that. Uh, they, you know, they run, they like running the pins on carpet, but for, uh, the dirt tracks were typically running recently. Yeah. He's definitely right there. They, we do a lot of sanding them down for that. Actually, probably primarily all sanded down. Mm. Uh, at indoor dirt races, I would say 80 to 90% of the races we're running today are all slicks. Wow. Which, you know, it's really not all that bad once you get used to it because at least it is somewhat simple. Uh, when we were on treaded tires or partially treaded tires, it there is some confusion in terms of how much pin you should have. And, uh, you know, we would call them ghost pins and uh, all these type of things. And that is not as critical if you just run full slicks. So probably for the, for the hardcore guy, it's actually probably easier, but yeah, starting off, it definitely makes things really kind of confusing. You just wonder why you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, Oscar says, uh, I see a lot more locals out here at thunder alley running J concepts. Now Adam, Drake definitely has the influence. He does. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, he, he makes it, uh, he makes it a point to run a lot of local events and he makes it a point to reach out. And I think people have a good relationship with him. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. He has a good relationship with other racers. They listen to him. And I know when we ran the nitro challenge this year, I would say that the majority of people that came to talk to me wanted the same tire that Adam Drake was running. Uh, he had that kind of influence over even guys like Mayfield and guys like mm. uh, Spencer. They're just like, well, Adam's running this, so it must be fine because this is his, tri- his. He lives four miles from here, so this must yeah. be the tire to run. I would, yeah. And you know what? They did win. That tire did win. So, uh, Justin Doyle yeah. wants to know: Will you be at the Masters? At the mat? At the golf? At the Masters? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I didn't know you were in because, the golf. Because we have our carpet race the same weekend in, in Minnesota, so I don't think I'll be at the Masters. I think that Paul would probably be there. I think he's. You know, we always try to get someone there. We're a big sponsor of that too. So that's uh, probably the schedule at the moment. Uh, Justin also says uh, 10 scale tire game so easy compared to 8 scale. Okay. I love the outdoor tire game um, and even the 8 scale when he's talking about because I feel like you kind of have to know what to do and when to do it. And that's a part of the race. And, uh, even though in, in 10 scale, it does get pretty insane at times running the slicks and how many runs you got and what sauce you're running and all that. But at least you're on 
kind of the same tire, but eight scale, it does get confusing for sure. That's why it's better to keep it a little simple if possible, because I think you can kind of, you just chase your tail. Chase and tail. Um, there's a long question by Chris. Oh, it fits on the screen. Uh, Chris says, speaking of double Ds, tires like that for loose. Wait, did I read that right? Speaking of double Ds, tires like that for loose and loomy versus the high grip clay tracks and slicks. How do pros like Mayfield, Cav, like modern tracks? Or are tracks like we grew up on still have a place and will we see a trend to shift back towards that? I think what's funny is I think Cavalry and Mayfield and even Spencer are in a um, the time frame of racer that still has very good thoughts about racing outdoors with pin tires. Mayfield did a bunch of it at his home track at SRS. So did Spencer. Um, Cavalry has done a bunch of it. I mean, when you talk to Cavalry about races that he loves, typically his favorite tracks to visit were either Lake Park when he came there and raced 10 scale. Um, and then when he did Minreg, when you talk to him, he loves those two tracks and, and they were pin tires. And he has a really good, uh, those guys have a really good memory of it. I think there, there's another generation, even Dakota, I think Dakota has a memory of pin style tracks and they all, they all like them. Um, today's racing, I I think they feel like with the slicks is, I would say out of all the guys, probably Cavalieri and Spencer and probably like the slicks better or they're, they're the most accepting of the slicks. I know Mayfield for the most part hates it, uh, hates running slicks, <laughs> uh, but he's kind of learned over the years to, <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. Uh, so, but Dakota's run it all. It doesn't seem like he, it doesn't really matter to him. He'll just run just whatever race it is. It is. Um, so I think it would be nice if we had some tracks that offered that, um, you know, it would be nice if we had a, a time period where we could get back into doing some of that racing and have a big, a lot of coverage. I think that's what it needs is a big event where you see people racing outdoors with pin tires and it has a lot of coverage. And I think people would fall in love with doing it again. And, but it's a lot of work. If you're going to prep an outdoor track for 10 scale cars, it's a lot of work for them to work well these days. And I think that's what scares off uh, racers, track promoters, track builders, maintenance is because it's a lot of work to make a 10 scale car work outdoors now. Mm. And yet the track has to be right. Uh, you know, the, the one that I keep seeing that I want to run at or race at, uh, I know Jason Santos uh, checked in here on the comments and he was just running at a, is it pin? Pit, pit stop hobbies. Pit, pit, pit stop, 
I, I always like the looks of that track, and I think it would be a great pin style track, pin tire style track <laughs> to race at. Uh, and I think he was just running his uh, vintage there, but yeah, that looks like a great place for. Uh, I've mentioned to have one of our J Concepts events because we could run outdoors and it would look really cool running the pin tires. Like, like Damon mentioned in the chat here, he said sprinters at Mills Pond with a slight groove over everything else. And I agree, it's amazing. It's amazing feeling. Uh, you know, running at that level and having that kind of grip. I mean, what basically what Mayfield says now is he's like, if you race outdoors, you race eight scale. And if you race indoors, you race 10 scale. That's like, mm. that's pretty much what he says is he's, he's like, you know what is it? You know, he grew up racing outdoors, but he's like, that's all I do right now. He goes outdoors is eight scale. Indoors is 10 scale. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't like that, but it is. Um, I don't, sorry. Not good. Are you still there? I think I lost Jason. Did I lose you? <laughs> Don't hear you, bro. His triple A's went dead in his uh <laughs> in his headset. Say something. I hear you moving around, Jason. Alright. Jason will be right back. And Rob just wants to know if you're, uh, how about now? Can you hear me? Yeah. There you go. What the hell happened? Uh, I think these headphones are really getting a little questionable. All right. Um, Rob wants to know if you're going to be uh, in Nebraska February 2022. We're going to start working on the schedule for the INS here in the next month or two. I know that they don't necessarily want to have the race in February because they're very scared of the weather. Um, so yeah, I, I know when we were there, it was, it was like, I think it snowed four out of the five days that oh, we yeah. were in, in Nebraska. I remember that. And it, man, it was, that was the coldest temperature I'd ever been in. And I know Alex was really scared because the weather being so sketchy during that time, we might have to do some flip flopping <clears throat> of the locations because of all this. Um, so we're going to get into that in the next month or so and figuring out what the schedule should man, be. I didn't know it got that cold in Nebraska. Oh, it was, it was under, you know, I think that was the first time I was ever in negative temperature conditions. Wow. And oh yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see where we at here. Phil wants to know: uh, Is J Concepts not making dirt tires for stadium truck anymore? Been months since flipouts and double Ds are in stock. We are. Uh, we are not going to make flipouts anymore, but we are making double Ds and sprinters. Okay. So those would be the two dirt you know, quote unquote dirt tires would be sprinters and double D's. Are they being pushed uh, back out now? Cause he's saying he's having a hard time finding them. 
Well, the flip outs are definitely discontinued. Right. Double D's? Uh, but the, I don't know where the double D's are. I'll have to check. Okay. Um, John Bolton uh, says, I've been running at Blooming Prairie RC Park in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. Uh, pin style tires, double D's, been great fun. Is more of a challenge for people who are slick tire. Is oh, more of yeah. a challenge for people who are who are slick tire indoor racers. Oh yeah, there's going to be no question about it that people that are accustomed to running on slicks, you put them on treaded tires outdoors. That is one of the other problems that we're having is people that are accustomed to running either on carpet or running slicks they can't make the conversion very easily. So getting them to come run on the dirt, I think it's easier if you're a dirt a quote unquote dirt racer to go to either carpet or slicks because traction is not a problem, but it's hard to go the other way because guys that are used to having all this traction when they have none, they think everything's wrong. The car's wrong. The tires are wrong. And it's just like, look, we just don't have traction out here. That's just how you can't pull throttle wide open everywhere. Like it's, you have to drive it. That's the old way of doing things is you had to drive the car and, and you could only power it and accelerate so fast. And you had to be able to counter steer and do all these things that were uh, so prevalent, I guess in the nineties. And today, you know, you get on those 10 scale tracks that are carpet or Astro and, you know, you carpet Astro slicks. And I mean, that thing is just, it's just on a rail and you're just carrying mega corner speed. And yeah, it's just not, not as easy on dirt. You're like a constant little sliding and drifting and do you try to get the car to pivot around turns and then come out straight? Uh, those are all techniques now. Hmm. Uh, radio impound podcast checks in. No Jubert. I'll make time to do a football pod. So, yeah, right. so that's Kirby saying he'll make that. Yeah, that's not happening. No. Jubert, uh, quite knowledgeable in football, to be honest with you. He's uh, like blowing you away. Kirby also says go Niners. Uh, Jason Santos, I've, I've run sprinters and rips this year at pit stop. There you go. That's, you know, and like when I see that track, that's the kind of tire that would work there. So, yeah, I mean, as Damon mentioned here, go ahead. Uh, Damon says, imagine going from slicks and then having to mount a set of 3Ds in the morning for any outdoor track. It's tough. If you're a slick tire racer, <laughs> as uh, John Bolton mentioned, uh, or a carpet racer, man, it's, you go and run dirt uh, where the car is loose and they think everything's broken. They're just like this. And they're like, man, do I have the right tires? And am I doing everything right? It's like, yeah, we just, you know, um, you know, it's been a while since I've been out, but you know, when Paul and I traditionally would go out or even when Damon was racing with us or, Lee and these guys and people are like, what are you guys doing that? It looks like you have traction. Just like, well, it's a part of the technique. You know, it's like our cars don't have any traction either. It's just, we kind of have learned over the years that you got to, the way you got to drive it. 
And what's crazy about all that is you take a guy like a Mayfield and Cavalieri and these guys that don't do it that often, and you go and ask them to do it, they're still pretty damn good at it. (laughs) Yeah. Better than you would think. Uh, I don't know if I missed this question. Did we answer this? Uh, Matt Nolte says, uh, do you know of any carpet tracks that the preferred tire tire of choice are slicks and clay compound? My local track has the older gray Ozite, and although a lot of tires work, man, I'm having trouble reading questions today, Jason. You might have to take over. (laughs) I don't know what it is, man. Uh, The fast tire and two-wheel are clay slicks. I've never seen anybody compare them recently. I do know that um, Thomas Tran was telling me that for a while in Oregon, I believe, there was a track that they only allowed them to use slicks for quite a while, and they were using clay compound slicks. And they, uh, they did that because the pin tires were tearing up the track more, and they felt like just running slicks was better, which... I don't necessarily disagree with. I think that might actually be a good way to go, but I've never ha- never heard of them being better. But I have also haven't ran slicks on carpet in a long time. So, you know where else we did that? We had a track in uh as a Port St. Lucie, uh Dean's Dean had a track there called the Fuzz, and I think you had to run slicks. And I remember uh AJ going there and running octagons, uh, which is our slick type tire. And he did pretty good. They worked pretty well. All right. Allison, Allison checking in. Uh, we're not making 30, 40 flip outs, but still making double D's and flip outs and sprinters. Sorry. It's been a crazy year. Jason's like, hmm, is she correct on that? The boss would know, Jason. There it is, Chris uh, uh, mentioning. Which he's got two questions here. Uh, Chris says, uh, it's. Uh, here we go, we'll go to this one. It's fun flipping through uh, old RC car action magazines. And many of the picks have cars spinning out or drifting through corners versus driving around Mm -hmm. a track like high bite. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you look at these pictures today, you know, when Thomas was shooting a lot of photos for us and then, you know, Hannah's shooting photos. Now you look at the 10 scale cars and they're just loaded in turns or they're wheeling or they're, it's a jump uh, whipping it in the air in the jumps, which is more possible with more traction. And, um, so, and back then, like you say, you, you would see, you know, car action would always, you know, put up the, you know, the beginning of races where all the cars yeah. are sliding and spinning out, like he's saying, and yep. the dirt's moving, but, and that was probably the heyday of 10 scale. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say the heyday, but maybe the golden age, I guess you could say, uh, the old. You know, and the winter champs was a big race that was like that. That was one you saw in car action, and there were others. And but you know, the blue groove came pretty quick. I mean, by the time we were racing in 1995, we were running a blue groove track at Lake Park, and 
you just can't control it. You can't keep enough water on a track or you can't keep it mixed up enough to keep the groove surface away. It's like when Scotty Ernst does the, uh, the chili bowl race every year in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they have to redo the track every hour. Is it every, is it round between rounds? They redo the track several times a day because it's just like I'm talking about. And this is indoors. This isn't even without the sun. Wow. But they run the oval cars. They tear up the whole track first with, you know, like a little tiller thing. And then they roll it flat. They let the cars run. And after like an hour of races, it's completely blue grooved and it's wearing tires. And they have to stop racing. They tear the track up again, lay it back down so it stays somewhat easy on tires and um yeah it's i mean that's how outdoor tracks are so it's hard to keep them in that old style condition especially when you run a large event because you have so many drivers so many racers uh that was the problem at winter champs was there was 450 entries 15 heats of two-wheel modified so there was a 150 plus entries just in two-wheel modified and you couldn't keep the track like that all day long. It You went through cycles. You know, you'd have a few hours in the morning when the track was a little wet and a little tacky, and then it would go kind of loose, and then it would get hooked up. And so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a long time ago already. Yeah. Very long time ago. It's sickening. Uh, Chris also says we used to run Proline primes or slicks with sauce, and it was a dual purpose because we also ran sedans on it. Uh, he raced with Thomas. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a good way to go. And as Paul mentioned here in his next, um, he said slicks on carpet is tough because of the sauce and trying to keep them clean. Uh yeah, uh, I think that was a problem they were having at Dean's track, the fuzz. Uh, there's, there's, like, it seems like they're, you know, everybody's looking for that perfect thing, right? That perfect scenario, the, the perfect storm, and there's always a downside to everything. It seems like there's no just perfect, exact perfect combination. Uh, you know, you want. You want a track to be consistent from round to round of qualifying. You can TQ any time of the day. Um, It has to be uh, some type of, uh, you know, it has to be, the condition has to hold. Like we were just at Mimi's, they have glue on the track. You know, it's a glue, you know, I think it's like Elmer's glue or something. What? Um, Yeah, it's a glued track, (laughs) but if it, in terms of being consistent, and the same every time you're out there, it's a great way to do it. Um, but you know, then there's a downside to that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There is no perfect situation. You, you just have to adapt to what's available and, uh, run it until there's a new trend and you go through that one. And then there's another trend and, It's like we just ran the E-Nationals at SS Hobbies, and they decided not to sugar the track because people were 
I will say complaining the last time we were there, we ran 10 scale and the t- track wore tires. The track was wearing tires cause it had sugar on the track. So the cars had traction because everyone likes traction. But the downside to that was it wears tires. So they decided for the eight scale race, not to sugar the track and it made it a lot dustier and loose and people were upset that they didn't have enough traction. So it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, there's just no perfect scenario. Uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, as much as I hate to say some of these things, the way the cars are designed today and from a simplicity standpoint, these indoor carpet tracks are really nice for the way the cars are designed today. And the way Mimi has her track prepped with the glue is also a nice way to do it because the cars work on those conditions and they're set up for it. And the racers have a little bit better experience than they would if like, while we were there, Spencer and I, there was a guy there uh, running. He said he'd been racing a month he had a TLR uh, 5.0, and he had just, you know, it was like he said, it was a month in, and me, uh, Spencer and I and, and him were the only ones there. And he would kind of, he would stand on the track when he was practicing because, you know, if he crashed, he would get his own car. And, you know, then Mimi kind of told him to get on the driver's stand, and, you know, hey, try it up there. And he gets up there, and, you know, Spencer's like, yeah, you should stand on the driver's stand. <clears throat> but, he had just slick tires on his low C 22 and he got around the track. Well, he could do the jumps. The car wasn't spinning out everywhere. Uh, it, the car looked good and, and he'd only been doing it a month and it was a, a stock car. And he actually asked Spencer to drive his car. Cause I think he just wanted to see what it looked like in the hands of somebody more experienced. So, uh, you know, when Spencer's driving around, he looks like a Superman out there. You know, it's just like, you know, he's going like a hundred miles an hour and the thing's just on a rail. And, um, and, and, uh, the guy asked Spencer to drive his car. Spencer picked it up and did a pretty good job with his car and he gave him some tips. But I thought the guy was having a good experience on the track because he did have traction. And, um, uh, so I think, for today's cars and the way things are working, it wasn't a bad way to go. Uh, you know, I, and I'm a hardcore outdoor dirt racer, but man, it is frustrating if the track isn't in good shape and you try to drive a two wheel buggy out there. Ooh. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, John says, uh, if you go to any outdoor 10 scale track, make sure you have double D's great go-to tire if you're not sure what to run so it's the it really is all-purpose tire it really is it's a great piece justin juber finally made it i'm late we gotta start over oh you you gotta start over juber's late well, so i'll show him my shirt look at this juber yeah what do you think of that buddy What's well, nice about being a Patriots fan is now you can claim the uh, the other title as well. Patriots, Bucks. Well, I would imagine if you're a Pats fan, you're claiming that as a title too. You're like, well, we had him for so long, and, you know. <laughs> we taught him everything he knows. Yeah. 
like standing up, man. Back doesn't hurt as much. Um, checkered they past press conference. Yeah, you are fake news. <laughs> you used to go like that. Fake news. Fake news. Uh, checkered past cheering for the University of O Duck guy. Oregon checking in. There you go. See Justin Her- Herbert. Los Angeles Chargers, baby. I'm all in. I'm all in. That's my West Coast team. I got a West Coast team, East Coast team. Cheering for Brady. Got three teams really in the game. But, you know, I play fantasy football, so I got to watch everything. I can't just watch one team. Um, Road to eight. Exactly, Jubert. Road to eight. Me too. Eyes on eight for me too, man. Going for my eighth fantasy football championship. Um. Yeah. Okay. I think we're all caught up. We've seen um. Damon's still watching. We got to see if he's got if he's if he's ready to come out of retirement yet. Yeah, it's Damon. Not, uh, you ready to come he's out? He's not of too old. Damon can join the show if he would like to. I put uh, I put a link in the comments. Anybody wants to join the show, you can join the show. I'll put you backstage here. Throw you up on the screen. You don't have to be on video, but uh, you can do audio. Um. And it's really easy through the phone. You just click on that link and boom. Uh, yeah. Damon? We're waiting on Damon. <laughs> yeah. I'd, you said earlier the old Bose uh, headphones is letting you down, Jason. Is that is that what you're using there? The old Bose? Yeah, they're old. These are very old. Mm. And, uh, the, you know, the only, the only ones I still have that plug in. And they work good for this, but yeah, I, um, sometimes they cut out. Yeah. Like if I touch them, it just starts like, so, making so you can't move those... much because otherwise. Yeah. You gotta stay still. Uh, Paul Wynn wants to know, uh, will you get a EXL if you win it? Um, like t- t-shirt. Well, I'm not going to get an EXL t-shirt. Oh. But uh, I think he's asking if I'm going to brand myself 8XL. <clears throat> I let the XL to Kirby. Uh, I let him have that. Uh, Bill Collins uh, wants to know, Jason, are you ready? Yep. Jason's writing the question down, then he's going to repeat it. Uh, will there be any hard inserts for short course tires? You know... I, I wrote it down. Uh, we haven't planned on it, but I just wrote it down so I can. I'll check. I'll check into it. Great product idea there by Bill. All right. <clears throat> uh, shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get an eight. An eight shirt. Yes, not eight XL. What am I doing I mean, here? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that if uh, Jordan played all those years he was out, he would have nine titles. So, Dude, fake news. You are fake news. <laughs> right there. See them all back there? Look at them. Fake news. <laughs> I really hope he runs again. That way we could just go through that whole circus again. I love it. I don't follow politics, but... It was fun. Gotta love Trump. All right. Um, we do miss him too. 
all the tweets. Look at Rob. <laughs> Rob's saying yes. What are you saying yes to, Rob? The Donald Trump running again? He's <clears throat> he, he's actually saying wow. yes to the short course hard inserts, I think. Uh, no, I think he's talking about Trump. Um, I'll have to uh, defeat my uh, Kanye, though. Team Kanye, 2024. Damon saying, um, I've been coming. Oh, what? wait a minute. He may be showing up at Beachline? That's what he's saying. To do what? He I, might be getting the he's getting the itch. Well, see, I, I called him out last week. Now he wants to come back racing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cause I had all my chips in on you, Damon. Damien. All my chips were in on this kid back in the day. And I don't know what happened. All right, uh, Buggy Brent, help us, Kyosho guys, with a new Truggy body. Ours is so thin. Write that one down too, Jason. I've made the list. <laughs> you just made <laughs> Yeah, you did it. You just made the list, Buggy Brent. If you don't know what that's referring to, look it up. Uh, write <clears throat> this down as 8XL shirt for Gotti. <laughs> We need a product idea, J Concept's product idea to celebrate, especially if I win eight. Celebrate my eighth fantasy football championship. Buggy Brent's saying thank you for writing that down, Jason. No problem. Help him out. Help, help these Kyosho guys out. Well, what might end up happening is the, the body that we're making, it might fit on the Kyosho. So that's kind of... There you go. When we get done... That might be something that could be checked. Uh, you don't see a lot of people with the Kyosho cars, as Chris is alluding to here. But they are still nice vehicles. When you see the buggy, like a brand new Kyosho buggy with all the toys and tricks, um, uh, yeah, it's it looks pretty good. Damien saying... Uh... I keep looking at my tool drive and wondering. He's like, hmm. It's getting the itch again. RC never gets out of your blood. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't. And what happens is when you when you do it, what happens to me is <clears throat> it's been easier for me over the last several years to not race for long stretches. Um but what happens to me <clears throat> is when I do race, it makes me want to race again. So because when you ultimately, you know, inevitably when you do it, you're, when you, you know, get that first race under your belt, then you're kind of like, oh man, I, I just need to put a little bit of more time in and you know, I'll get back up to speed. And so it kind of hooks you back in, but, um, yeah, if you have the time. It's like when I watch 8-scale. I'm, I'm like, man, I want to get into this 8-scale nitro so bad. But there's, I'm smart enough no not to. <clears throat> It'd be disastrous. Um, and I'm not going to race it anyway. I'd be too uh, intimidated to go race it anywhere. I'd just poss possibly build it. 
maybe get bored in between let's sit for a while then start building it again um david saying i miss hanging out with everybody the most i think was always a good time yeah <clears throat> that's always sort of the the i don't know what the right wording is but it's also that's kind of the the side benefit of doing anything like this is it really is a good time and being able to, unfortunately you get to a situation or a position where if you think if the results are all that matter <clears throat> and the, 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 if you're having a good time or not is weighed by your results, then it's really tough because it's hard to meet that expectation. But if it's just being there, doing as well as you can and accepting it. It is a great time. Just go hang out. You don't need to race. Um, Jubert's saying nitro is fun. Then when it's, then when it's not, you don't feel bad saying, screw it. I don't want to race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it's, it could be very frustrating. I enjoy just watching it, but I do when I watch it, I end up like, well, you know, Jason, I'll watch Nitro and then I'll be asking you questions and, you know, I'll be doing a little research into the cars and stuff like that. But then I, uh, you know, I'm smart enough to know that uh, not going to get into it. I still want my Mayfield Truggy though behind me. I'd like to get it right here in studio. I bet. Pass it around like uh, the Stanley Cup. Like I said, like you had it down there for the one show. Now ship it up here for the, for a podcast. We'll have it here. Mm -hmm. I'll give it back to you. You don't trust me? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, uh, did we even – I know we were talking about you guys testing at Mimi's. Um, did we finish all that up? Yeah, for the most part. Oh, okay. I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of – it's tough. I mean, it's, you don't um, <laughs> kind of, you know, when you talk to Mayfield about this stuff, he hates doing warm up races or practice races because he feels like the track is never the same. Um, and he kind of almost like specifically doesn't want to do those type of events. And, you know, his theory has some, you know, there's some weight behind his theory, which is the tracks are never the same. And then he gets hung up on what he did last time versus what he thinks he should do this time. And his theory is he's going to get ready and he goes to these events and he reacts to the setup changes and the tire stuff he wants to do in the moment. And he just goes with it. And that's, that's his theory. Uh, I personally think that uh, <clears throat> I have always, my personal racing, I have always done better when I had a warm up race. But I was also never as talented as a guy like Orion, where he's not really worried about the track layout. <laughs> he's not worried. He's not worried about the track layout. He's not worried about the driver's stand. He's not worried about, Oh, where am I going to stand at? Um, he's not worried about all those things. Um, he's just worried about getting his stuff together and being ready to go when the time comes. And 
you know, so he's worried about different things. Uh, you know, for other people, they want that advantage of being able to have run on a track before. Um, and other people just think it's, I don't know if it's bad luck or bad karma or, but man, when we, when you, we used to do the winter champs, I mean, we ran as much as we could and it paid off. I mean, we, we were competitive with the fast guys when they came in and they had a hard time with us, uh, because of that. Uh, and even though it was and it never was the same, really, the track still wasn't the same as a, you know, Mayfield would say, but. Um, I still like running. I like doing it. Um, but if you're extremely talented, like these guys are, you're not practicing the layout. All you're doing is it's just keeps you sharp, I think. And really that's what we were looking for is just some, some wheel time where you can run slicks and feel um, <clears throat> that super connected to the car. Uh, Chris is saying I ran Jason's bounty hunters on my crawler this last weekend. Um, I really like them. Need the foams to break in a little more. Need to scale those Scorpios down a bit. They're a bit tall, in my opinion. Bounty hunter. So he was probably using the. Uh, so that was the the small tire. That's the class one tire, I think. So he's talking about getting the Scorpios down to a class one tire i'm guessing we do have the landmines people love the landmines too yeah a friend of mine up here wants some landmines try them out he's just getting That's into growing um justin juber saying turf nats in connecticut yeah we'll be there i think Gotti already went ahead and committed he's going uh <laughs> what Juber, are you going him. to turf nat? Does Juber race the turf nat? I keep telling uh, Paul Wynn that I'm going to send him there sometime because I think he would like the track. But um, not, not, then I get scared because it's like, man, what if the track's not as good this time? And that I just seem like I'm a BSer. Yeah. You know? Tool. But uh, <laughs> so Paul's never been there? Not to the turf Connecticut track. Really? Right? Oh, it seems like something he'd be at. Oh, okay. Justin's saying he was replying to Bolton. Okay. Um, oh, I got you. Okay. I'm out of sorts here. Uh, John's saying if Gotti gets an eight scale, he has to race two-wheel drive buggy at a J-Concepts race. Well, guess what? Not getting an eight scale. Well, I think he's saying if he gets your eighth ring, if you get – well. Oh, because we were talking about eight scale again. Uh, no, yeah. you're right. If Gotti gets his eighth title, geez, I told you, man, I am out of it today. Can't read these questions. If Gotti gets you're, his you're eighth, eighth, he has to race two-wheel drive buggy at a J-Concepts race. You don't want me doing that. I'll get my eighth, but I ain't racing two-wheel drive. Not just, you guys just want to laugh at me. Hashtag turnbuckle gate, Chris is saying. It's still a big topic when Jason screwed me over at the Vintage Nats. <laughs> really did, Jason. Um, people are offering me to run. Uh, Jubert's saying he'll, uh, he'll bring me a four-wheel drive to run. Yeah, I'm good. 
you know how I am. I don't show up at places. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I just feel like uh, I'm, I'm fine with watching them, especially going to LCRC. I like LCRC. I'm pretty comfortable there hanging out, um, talking to everybody. Speaking of, uh, we were talking about F1 earlier. When I was talking to Jason Treffler at uh, at the warm-up race at LCRC, he was watching F1 races on his phone. Yeah. I'm like, the RC guys are really into F1 racing. You think they, they'd be in the rally? Yeah. <clears throat> and I race. think the, and, and maybe this is just my impression, but I feel like maybe more than ever they're into um, F1 I mean, I remember people doing it, bef- talking about it before too. But <laughs> Damien saying, uh, "I need to come back to try and tie J Row for Super Cup titles." Just did a quick count, and I got fifteen number ones. So he's behind you by one, huh? Well, how many how many Super Cup titles do you have? Sixteen. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. So you have seventeen. Damien has 15. That'd be a good reason to come back. Not only time, just go past J-Row. Well, you know, we'll have to come up with a rule and says, well, if you've been inactive for several years, <laughs> then you, know, that you kind of start back at one again. Oh, no, you can't do that. You know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, you know what? I, I'm, unfortunately, we have to say that uh, those are now – not part of your, uh, anyway. <laughs> Justin Doyle saying, I know I did a lot of chasing tail this, uh, uh chase. <laughs> I just saw it. All right, Justin, I, he's a married man now. Uh, he did a lot of chasing his own tail this weekend. Glad I got away one night with buddies that really helped. See, it's like a therapy. Got out there with your friends. Uh, what did Justin do? Oh, he was at uh, he was uh, at the Sizzler. Sizzler, the Sizzler Steakhouse race. <laughs> That's We're right. Going to Sizzler. Yeah. Um, he found out how hard those races are. I'm sure. You know, I should have. I saw that on YouTube. Uh, Live RC, Live RC was covering it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they had some, um, some coverage. I should have watched it because I didn't. Uh, I could have watched uh, Justin Doyle race, flip everywhere and slide around. And <sighs> Damien says you're disqualified then if you uh, implement that rule, where um, if you've been away for a while, you can't race. So uh, you've been away too, then, Jason. <clears throat> yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Well. You can give yourself a pardon. <clears throat> Justin Doyle saying he has a whole new respect for those indoor eight scale uh, hardest stuff I have ever done. <laughs> so how did you do, Justin? That's what I want to know. Uh-oh. Holes the size of cars. So and that Sanders. wasn't even a bumpy track. Oh. <laughs> Justin was creating the holes. That's what he was doing. You can go to the wire grass like me, Paul, and Damon. Yeah. 
the Ponderosa Steakhouse <laughs> race. So, so <laughs> when's the, when's the Ponderosa Steakhouse race? When's that? Um, I'm actually going to go to the Golden Corral Classic this year. That, that sounds awesome, Golden Corral Classic. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um. All right. I think we're all caught up here. Does anybody else have any questions or comments? 11 of 15. 11 of 15 or something like of. I don't know what that means. He place 11 11. of 15. There's only 15 people in this class. Uh, Will Britton says the iron skillet challenge. They, these are great names for a race. He said it before I could. That's a good idea. (laughs) Kirby checking in. Bucky's. Bennigan's challenge. Bucky's truck stop championships. (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese 500. Bennigan's challenge. Um, no pro, no pro e buggies. So eleven. There was only fifteen of those e buggies at the summer, the Sizzler uh, five hundred. Maybe there was. Yeah, I I don't know. All right, Jason, you've got some real questions. Uh, checkered pass. Love that. Love that uh, YouTube name, by the way. What does Jason know about European turf tracks and how drivers set up wet versus dry tracks? I actually don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know don't, about that. We don't know nothing about that. Um, because my first impression would be if you could change tires. Uh, I know that, you know, there's a. You know, oh, now all of a sudden we get Dan Borkowitz in here. Uh oh. What's Dan saying? Dan's saying, I'm still undefeated at Wiregrass Indoor Nationals. Hmm. He's right. Okay. Uh, back to uh, Checkered Pass question here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, what do I you know about know, the European tracks? Anything? My first, my first reaction would be to change tire compounds if that's allowed. Um, <clears throat> and, I believe that they do allow that uh, when the track gets wet, especially AstroTurf is like, it's definitely like um, AstroTurf with water is definitely like ice, especially if you have the hard compound tires on, they just, you just do donuts. Hmm. It's, it goes from like great. And if you spill a little water on it, you just do donuts. (laughs) Nice. I'd rather I'll make donuts than do donuts. Um, you know, we were talking about um, cutting grass earlier and stuff. Um, I'd like to convert my lawn all to AstroTurf. Mayfield just put Astro in his backyard. Are you serious? Yeah, he just put a whole AstroTurf in the backyard. I noticed in my Amazon, uh, on the app, um, in my feed there, I'm getting a lot of AstroTurf. Like, you can buy rolled AstroTurf to lay out in your, in your yard. Looks really nice. Yeah, that's probably what I should have did instead of buying that lawnmower. Yeah, Jason bought a lawnmower for his guys that mow his lawn. It's hilarious. Uh, so uh, did we answer? Yeah, checkered as pass? Checkered Pass was saying. I mean, when I went 
to the UK and I raced many years ago, we raced on grass and they raced in the rain in the grass. But um, <clears throat> I don't know what they do to the cars, uh, wet versus dry. I don't know uh, what they change. Uh, I think like a Neil Craig or Lee Martin would be my point of contact for that. But I, I would, like I said, if the tires were open, I would definitely change compound right away. You can go to like a softer, a much softer traditional feeling compound and like you gain like a ton of grip. Gotti cup. I, I love this one here. Checkered pass is saying the Gotti cup 500 in his backyard. He doesn't have to leave the house, which would be perfect. You just uh, look out the back window. Yeah. Uh, you could be watching on live RC in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I just check in on it. It's, yeah, it's going on in the backyard. Oh, uh, man. Which reminds me, did you see the Cowboys training camp? Uh, that's no. It that's literally looks like they're in the backyard of some, like a, like a housing association or something. Looks like really? they're in the back. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure they're at... Uh, What's the story with that? I have no idea, man, but there's like houses and people up on their porches watching. It's like, what in the hell And they have on? like the most state-of-the-art facility yeah. that you can get. I'm sure they're probably at some college or something. There's probably student housing in the back, but it just looks hilarious. All right, well, Gotti Cup 500. I'm, you know, if I get the AstroTurf laid down, it might be a possibility. What was the whole sign we used to share with Kirby where they were doing like a college football game and they were holding signs and it was something like you people are blocking oh, the yeah. library or what it was it? Yeah, that's what it was. It was from a uh, college game day and somebody had a sign there that says you people are blocking the entrance to the library. <laughs> it was hilarious. So good. There's a lot of good signs at that. Um, Mel Marks checking in on YouTube. Uh, go to uh, youtube.com slash radio impound. Yes, the Chargers. My Broncos has something for Herbert. Okay. All right, we'll see. Whatever ended up happening to the uh, the Packers quarterback, did, is he going to play for them or what? He is going to play this year. He actually um, showed up to training camp yesterday. Okay. And I put the photos in the chat. He had the sunglasses Oh, on. I saw that. I yeah. saw that, yeah. Um, and he actually had a good press conference today. And – he made a lot of good points, man. I mean, we're saying he's a jack off and this and that, but um, he basically called out the front office and he wasn't like being a jerk about it. He was just saying, Hey, look, this is what's going on. And I don't, I feel I should have some say in our roster. You know, we're letting, we're letting go some good guys, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. what are we doing here? We want to win. Right. So I actually liked his press conference when I watched it and, you know, I'm easily persuaded, but um, you're all in. I was all in after that press. I, before I was trashing him, and then I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. He's got this is this, this is good. This is good stuff." Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, um, Checker Pass is saying overseas they race in the rain, which is uh, really crazy. Well, for uh, Rogers, it's a um, it's a, a double positive for him, right? Because say they get mad at him that he calls out the team and you tastefully as Kirby's saying, tastefully trash the Packers and they say, Hey, okay. Yeah. We don't want you anymore on the team. We're going to trade you. He's like, Hey, I got my wish. Um, yeah. But then, um, 
now he can say that he doesn't like the moves and get people on his side, um, like Gotti, right? You're saying, hey, I'm, now I'm on his side. Oh, well, yeah. I'm like, man. And it's, it's a win for him. So it's a win-win for him right. to do that. Yeah. I mean, he, he did make excellent points. Um, They did get one of the players back that they traded away to the Texans, Randall Cobb. He wanted uh, Aaron Rodgers said, look, if I'm coming back, I want Cobb back. So they got him back today. So they're starting to make some moves. Um, Justin Jubert saying uh, Rodgers called out the GM like no one ever has flexed on them. Um, Checker Pass is saying were were the Cowboys in Jerry Jones' backyard? It would make sense. <laughs> that that would make sense. Yeah, but uh, no, it was. I, I'm I'm guessing they're at some college. Like a lot of these pro teams go to co- these colleges for training camp, and I think there was probably student housing in the back. It just looked hilarious because it looked like they're in a backyard somewhere. And, and like you said, Jason, they're the Cowboys. They have state art facility and everything, and it looks like uh, you know they're in my backyard. Uh, Justin Doyle. Why is the Nats at Mimi's again? Is it because nobody puts in for the bid? Um, um, for the most part. Nobody puts yeah. in the bid for the 10-scale Nats? Very, I don't think they get very many. Really? Yeah. And you know what? And they were scheduled to do it in 2020. They so got canceled. It's a, carry, it's a carryover. Yeah, they're carrying it over. But, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think many people put in wow, uh, to do that, these events. Okay. That's shocking to me. Which is what people have to realize, too, that do a lot of the commenting. Like, you know, people got all upset in the, you know, like they're watching the eight-scale E-Nationals at SS's track, and they're like, oh, this track, and it's like, Roar needs to do this, and Roar needs to do that, and it's like, well... Not many people bid to have these races, so it's not like they had 20 tracks to choose from. Um, so, <laughs> I like uh, Joe. What's uh, Joe Zare Jr. saying? Uh, it's weird listening to you guys at regular speed. I normally listen at 1.5 on Stitcher. I, I've heard that people do listen to us at 1.5. It. It's brutal listening to us at normal speed, so they try to rip through it quick. Rip. See what I did there, Jason? Um, right here. Clever. Yeah. Uh, 1.5 or higher. I think it'd be hilarious if you go higher. Sound like the chipmunks, the whole thing. Two-hour show in 10 minutes. That's my kind of, hey, that's what I do with movies. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. What I were we talking about now? The, the, the Cowboys? Or no, the Nationals. Uh, Mimi's uh, Nationals. It was a carryover. Yeah, I mean, they were the ones that bid on it and to have it in 2020 and, you know, they're going to give it to him in 21. And obviously people were making fun of SS's track for having the E nationals, but why were they making roar, f- roar gave them that race? And, you know, people were thinking, you know, they're making fun of the track being too small for eight scale. And it's like, Hey, it is what it is, man. It's like, uh, that's what they had to race on. And, they're the one, you know, people, you know, we're all the ones that are there and then everyone else gets to comment online and, you know, all the <laughs> armchair quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's me. But whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know where I left. I, oh, I think for- I accidentally listened to, uh, listened back to one of our podcasts and it was in that fast it was like in 1.5 or 
Yeah, you could switch and, it up. And and I was listening once, and I was like, man, I'm I'm talking a lot faster than I thought I was. <laughs> that's crazy. And, you know, because I'm normal. I'm slow. Hey, man, that's just what it is. I yeah. I kind of think about it. I guess I'm kind of slow. I could understand someone doing 1.5. Um, Putting a one seven five or a two on me, I could see it. Yeah, I'd go uh, faster. It'd be hilarious. Josera ran out of talent podcast. Check him out on. Uh, I guess wherever you get podcasts. Uh, yeah, I would be interested. Yeah, to hear what he what his theoretically his theor <laughs> what he's theorizing is the uh, the amount of the the track gets versus. Um, Wait, what are you talking about? Well, when you look at the the question you got here, it says listening to one of Keenan's podcasts about what tracks theor- theoretically get paid versus what the tracks spend on holding it. Listen. And um, so the way I'm assuming this is, is uh, Keenan was talking about what it costs to hold Aurora Nationals versus what you actually get. Oh, and okay. Yeah, it's got to be, I don't know. Is it worth it? <laughs> I got to get something out of it, I guess. Well, you know, going back to uh, going back to the nineties, I mean, uh, the tracks never have done extremely well. But you know what? They do them at LCRC, and they make it worthwhile for themselves. So, um. I, I still believe that if you do some of these things right and you have and you put in for the right track, the right race for your track, you can you can do well with it. But if you're just thinking that just because you have the race, you're gonna make money, that's not true. You have to do it like LCRC. You gotta do it all right. You gotta get the turnout, you gotta have the track right, you have to have stuff in the hobby shop to sell, you have to <laughs> Um, you have to have things that you can make money on. I mean, you can't just sit there and do nothing and think that all this money is going to come in. It just doesn't. So, um, um, so hmm. I don't know. That's, all right. Um, Joe's saying Chris is right. Under Roar's language, the tracks don't make nearly enough to hold a Nationals. How much is the prestige of holding a Nats worth? Well, that's what they have to figure out for yeah. themselves. Got to do the math. Um, and I think if you do it right and you get the right race for your track, like if like if uh, OCRC did the Roar Nationals at their track, they could make money. They could figure out how to make money. Um, practice day on Wednesday, Roar Day Thursday, sales in the hobby shop, uh sponsors is where you have the opportunity sponsors like to sponsor their race they'd make money lcrc would make money um so if you kind of have your act together and you're a a better facility a better track or a destination you can make it work but some of these other places that just think that holding the race is going to be enough no it's not going to work at all um, he also continued with, that's why we'll have Nats at 702 and Thunder Road soon. It doesn't cost a bunch of money to change the layout. 
Okay. Uh, Chris is saying the track definitely has to be prepared and equipped to handle it. The tracks that have done well are the ones that have been successful. LCRC. Mm -hmm. uh, Kirby wants to know, Wally pulled out, pulled the shoot on Mayako, is it? What's up with that? I'm out. And Justin Doyle said he was going to ask the same thing. So, yeah, Wally made a uh, post. Was it today? Uh, today or yesterday? Um, ending this partnership with uh, Mayako. Well, the question is, was there ever even a partnership to begin with? I mean, there was oh, no car. I mean, there was nothing out yet. Oh, so. that's what I was going to ask you. Was there a car? So there wasn't a car at the Nats, right? Because remember, no. I was asking if there would be one there. Uh, no. My I, a, I think I, my I think ACO. JQ. Hey, thanks I for think, that, Joe. I think uh, my JQ ACO. is the only one that has one. Uh, I have no idea what's going on with that whole thing. Um, it All right. just it doesn't it is what it, it is. Does, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work to me. But oh, we'll see. Never know, right? You so it's pronounced it, my echo. So I'm saying it wrong. My echo is like my echo. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the I video think, presentation they did. It, uh, you know, it was a good, it was a nice video. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there is. And you know what? Like I've said a ton of times on here, I have a, there's a lot of things I agree with JQ on. Um, but this is going to be a tough project. This is definitely not. Um, a mainstream way to do things. Um, you know, they haven't gotten the car out and they already, one of their, um, basically Wally was going to be a service center. That was what was in the video for my Akko. Oh, is that my Akko? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know so how to pronounce it. He was going to be a service center, which all these are kind of nice ideas, but I think he just got tired of waiting and, he wanted the car to be out and you know, a racer's a racer. You're like, I want the latest car, get me the new car. And I think he just probably just got tired of waiting and, um, wanted to get on with what he was doing. And it seems like he's taking his Wally <clears throat> builds thing a little more serious now. And, uh, well, I, that's probably not the right word. It's he's taking it a different direction in terms of, um, a little more businessy and maybe he, the reality is he did, probably won't have time to be a service center and do Wally builds at the same time. Um, and that, that would be tough. You know, the, the funny part is, is <clears throat> you know, if you're, um, if you're building cars, uh, all day, every day uh, for people. I'd go nuts. It's, yeah, well, you're, you're going to have a hard time <laughs> doing some of these things. You're That's a lot of work. Real, you're going to have a hard time doing all multiple things. So, yeah, it's... Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Justin Doyle says, Jason, do you think there's room on today's age for new car manufacturers? I remember late 90s kind of of a surge with Durango X factory, but seems much harder today. Well, that's what you're getting at. It's pretty tough. Um, uh, 
uh, I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so. I I think it's going to be very hard to be to get into the game. Uh, there's probably certain people that could pull it off, or certain. It might be certain people that could pull it off, but uh, to come in and feel like you're going to make a splash in the RC car racing business. Uh, you're way behind the eight ball before you even get started because you have so much to deal with now, keeping up with the different vehicles, keeping up with the, I mean, how many platforms are you going to be able to offer? Uh, there's a whole team driver network you got to deal with, um, which is exactly what um, this Mayako thing is about is, is it's about starting a new brand. In my opinion, anyway, it's about having a different brand and then figuring out a different way to go about selling a race car. And I think what it is, is he's trying to sell a different race car or sell a race car a different way with <clears throat> um, there's kind of a membership package and all this kind of thing, which is essentially just, a way of a way around saying that people are sponsored and there's just a lot of different things to it. Um, I, I really, um, I don't know what the right word is, but I think it's nice that they are trying something different and I don't think that it will work, but I think it is great that they're trying it. And it says a lot about people that are willing to go outside the normal and try something different because um, it would be easy to, to try to do it the same way everybody else does it. But if trying to do it different is, is, is you got, it's, it's commendable. Well, can say it's commendable. Uh, but as Justin is saying, Durango X factory, all these were very, uh, unique situations. Durango was a factory, uh, in, in Taiwan called Kingstar, And, uh, so they they started with a very big advantage from the beginning. X Factory was probably the most unique situation of all, which was a father and son that just liked RC and he had some money to start. And oh, really? Uh, I didn't know this. Yeah, and he got <clears throat> into the game, but never really had a complete car. That was the issue with X Factory: is they needed a, an entire car an entire platform of X factory, a two wheel, four wheel at least. And they still was a conversion kit. And I just don't think there's just ultimately not money in conversion kits in anything, but starting a whole new company from scratch. I think, I think there's people out there can do it like maybe, and, and, and it might be getting a little, it might be getting a little old for this, but you know, say if a Cliff Lett wanted to make his own company for racing cars, people would, there's people that would maybe recognize that, um, Gil Osi Jr. or Joe people Johnson, that people that have magic motorsports, baby, people that have a name in the business, maybe they have a chance, but it still would be very difficult, especially in today's day with Horizon buying <clears throat> so many different companies in this becoming more um, 
more of a big business than it, than it was in the past, you know, in the golden years, the eighties and the nineties, which, uh, the team low and stuff were a part of, um, it was a little, it was more accepted back then. Uh, today it's, it's going to be tough, going to be very tough. And back then, like if you, uh, were gonna, let's say you're designing a car yourself, a big company would just come along and be like, Nope, not happening. Buying you out. Right? Um, say it again. I was actually reading the question. Sorry. Uh, say okay, never mind. I'm not going to say it again. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Okay. All right. Episode 228. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, are we gonna, let's see. Uh, where was I? Well, we so don't Chris. talk numbers, Joe. We don't talk numbers, Joe. So, uh, you know. Uh, how many set of tires does Jason have to sell to break even on a mold? Don't talk numbers. I forget what the Sony PlayStation response is to stuff like that. I, sh- I should look that up. It's a really good response, Jason. We might have to use it for stuff like this. I just like having Schumacher tires on my A-scale when we, when we run the Astro track. Okay. I think, I mean, obviously, like we said, we don't, you know, you don't really want to talk the numbers, but what people don't realize, I guess, is it's not only the cost of the mold, but you have um, costs in the product. So there's a cost of the product. There's a cost of the mold. So even when you, even when you sell enough of something to pay for the quote unquote, pay for the mold, you still have a cost every single time you're making all that stuff. Um, Everybody does uh, no matter where, what it is, where it is. So, um, Sure, it's nice to sell enough to theoretically pay for the mold, but there's still uh, reoccurring costs over and over again uh, with all these things. So, um, and what I will say is over the years, we have been lucky to have uh, a lot of successes with the tread patterns and the tires we've made. I don't think there's been very many that have been duds um, that have not done at least well enough that it, um, I I don't know, not to really say pay for itself, but that you just end up, you would rather have not done it. (laughs) Um, So over the years, we've made some, pretty good tread patterns I think that have 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 worked and we've been lucky to have a lot of good ones and very few bad ones and I think even our bad ones aren't necessarily bad they just something was better it wasn't an improvement over something else so I think that was alright what question you want to tackle next here where am I at Um, Chris is saying Masami left Yokomo and he and his dad are building an on-road slash drift platform. I've seen that too. Paul and I have kind of looked at that and that's going to be a hard way to go because, um, you're taking a car that's complicated to begin with and turning it into a two wheel drive. I can't imagine driving it. It's like a two-wheel drive cars on on-road are horrible unless they have foam <laughs> foam tires. Imagine drifting. 
So that's going to be a tough way to go. <clears throat> They're fun to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I almost see these more of like, they're almost like more of like social media project experiments than they are actual products. It's more like let's watch Masami and his dad work on some projects versus is this actually going to have any commercial success? I don't know. That's just, I guess on my part. Oh. Yeah. We got, um, you know, we got, um, Joe, uh, can, can you bring can you, can you bring those questions up too by clicking on them or no? I've never even tried it. Try it once. No, I can't. All right. Uh, where are we at? What question were you looking at, Jason? Um, talking about Joe Zaire talking about the automatics. Yeah, what he was saying is to be you need to be way out of the box revolutionary probably to make a name for yourself and he's and that's and i think that's definitely true you have to uh, you have to really have done your homework and come up with something very very good to to make a name and then you have to be <clears throat> able to manufacture it and keep up it's a it's a big job sounds it sounds like something i wouldn't want to do I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Awesomatics, as good as they are and as great as their stuff is, they still struggle. I wouldn't be surprised that it it's hard to make a lot of money because of the business they're in. That on-road in general, the price of their cars with, you know, they have a lot of carbon fiber and uh, aluminum pr- uh, parts. They're high-cost items, uh, and then they're changing it, or at least an on-road, you change it a lot. It's not really usually the formula for a lot of making a lot of money. Uh, Joe's saying drifting looks hard. All of them have gyros. Oh, is that true? With mis- with maybe the exception of Masami. So they're using gyros? I guess so. I, oh, man, I've, only, I've only driven them a couple times. I mean, yeah. it just to me, it's – I can't – it's the probably – out of everything I've ever tried, it's probably the least desirable RC thing I've ever really? done. Okay. They create like realistic cities, like the ones I saw on YouTube. Which is the probably the best part. <laughs> that you looks know, awesome. The, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, like to me that's like the best part. The cars themselves just I just don't like the idea of just being of drifting. I just don't get it. <laughs> All right. Um I think we had one more up here I missed. Uh, Chris is saying, in a magazine interview with Kenwald, rest in peace, uh, many, many years ago, he mentioned never going back to norms. What was in reference to? Does Jason have a favorite now defunct slash closed RC track? Uh, There's a bunch of favorite tracks, but... um, Wagon Hill. Probably the original SoCal in Garden Grove. That track was amazing. That has to be the number one. I, I made a list of my favorite tracks somewhere. I can look that up while we're talking. But um, the, you made a list of look at that, Chris. Yeah, he has a list of favorite um, tracks. Wagon Hill better be on it. Never going back to norms. That means the track where they had the '92 Roar Nationals at norms, and I believe it was Dallas, Texas, and and that's why he said I'm never going back to norms. He did not like 
that event uh, that was ran there. And there was many, many problems. That's like a whole nother, um, that's going to be a whole, that could be a whole nother podcast. Probably talk to people that went to norms. Really? Uh, a short, long story short, the computer quit working during qualifying. Uh, the transponders quit counting, the computer quit working and they started hand counting people without people knowing. And somebody, I forget oh. who it was, maybe Steve Dunn figured out that they were hand counting people and, um, they had to search out, go find a new computer while they went to like another track to get a new computer. <clears throat> um, they worked on the track and while they were working on the track, like we talked about earlier, they made the track better. And when we started qualifying again, it was so much faster. They shut qualifying down because the track was so much quicker than it was previous to that. It just was, uh, the racers were about ready to riot. Wow. Um, so between people getting counted, yeah. hand counted, pe- uh, I know of a person that was that timed their race with a stopwatch and gave them the time and they allowed them to use that as their time. Um, then they had to go get the new computer. They worked on the track and the track was so much faster. They shut down qualifying. It was just, it, wow. and it was over and there was over 700 entries. And they're also out of coffee. <clears throat> That's an airplane movie reference there, Jason. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> when they were I, mentioning they're going to crash and everything, and, and the stewardess is like, and we're also out of coffee. And everybody panicked then. You know, I All think right. I remember that now. But All right. Well, I tried. Yeah, I tried to be funny. What are you that do? was actually, it would have been really funny. It would have been. Had I known. It would have been. Uh, so, safe to say there's no drifting bodies coming from J-Concepts. Correct. I'd love to make a drifting body. Oh, Okay. I'd love to be able to make a drift. But he's body. not. Well, <laughs> it's just you have to be willing to go the extra mile. Right. Um, no pun intended. You have to be able to go the extra mile because it it has to be it has to be probably the best looking body. I was going to say it has to be perfect because those guys it, are it probably has, like it has to be the picky. best looking body. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. <clears throat> um. All right, well, well, let's. Uh, we got one more, a couple more here, and then we're done. Uh, Damien's saying, "What's your most memorable race before you started stepping back from the competitive side of things?" I would say the probably the height for me was probably the Worlds in Pomona in '97. Hmm. That was probably my most memorable race. I guess you could say that's probably when I was probably at my peak of racing and uh 10 scale was still very popular it was in at low seas track at the ranch pit shop and i actually have that as one of my greatest tracks was the ranch pit shop uh so i I just had lake park the ranch pit shop and socal garden socal and garden grove i I thought i had a little a little longer list than that but uh, yeah, I would say that's probably the most memorable that I can think of from a big race. There was others, uh, nationals at 
the truck nationals we had in Savannah, that was very memorable. The roar nationals we had thereafter that was combined. That was memorable in Savannah. Um, the truck nationals at SoCal and garden Grove, that was memorable. Um, uh, anything going out of the country, the first worlds I went to in Japan in 95, that was memorable. Uh, throw the 96 Nats in there so we don't forget the 96 Nats at yeah. uh, wagon um, Hill almost ended the double X four production. <clears throat> uh, Joe's there. Uh, when you come to Minnesota in October, Jason, I have to get you an Elvis burger. It's a bacon, double cheeseburger with peanut butter. Oh man. <laughs> you you got it. You got to try it. I guess we're trying it, but you, man. Joe, buy that for him. I better get make Jason buy. <laughs> what am I saying? How silly of me, Joe. Uh, I mean, how silly is that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm Joe. Practice. Um, I saw we had one up here somewhere about uh, the drag race. I'm searching. I don't see anything. Drag racing. Oh, yeah. John Bolton. What do you think of the big money drag events? Okay. So what do you think of them, Jason? <laughs> well. Oh, here we go. Yep. I, th- I have a feeling I, we, ta- we talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the idea of racing having these events for the big money. I don't like anything that involves running for money or anything like fancy football leagues. I hate the ones with money involved in that. Like I, I just do. I want more of a bragging rights type guy, get my name on a trophy, stuff like that than I am money. Cause it becomes a whole different game than when money's included. You know, it would be nice to win it. If there's, uh, any of these drag races, whether it's 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, sure, it'd be great to win it. But I think once you figure out who the uh, favorites are and you know that they're signed up, I think people aren't going to do these events anymore because they know who the money's going to go to. Right. And I think the, you know, the example we used before is if you called the, uh, the Silver State Nitro Challenge, a $40,000 money race in <clears throat> eight scale buggy. You know, it's going to Mayfield or Spencer or Dakota. Well, one of these guys is going to win it, you know, and so you're going to get what, 12 entries? So, uh, and then you won't be able to put together the $40,000 yeah. to do it. So I think ultimately we're, it's cool. It's cool that they're out there and people are willing to do it. And that's the buzz term right now. And you got to, if you win in drag racing, you got to stack the hundreds out on the car. Cause oh, really? that's what, that's what people want to see. And oh, I, wow. and it's kind of a neat plug for RC right now, but ultimately I don't know that I never got up on the, any of these driver stands or anything and thought about, man, what money am I going to win right now? Like, yeah. it's just, I always been more about the win than Absolutely. about the money. Uh, certainly I'm not a guy like that races f- for money, but um, 
and you know what? It would be a hell of a thrill to win, right? I mean, y- your reaction would have to be huge if you were able to win, you know, 20, 30, 40 grand in one race. But man, um, I just don't know if that's going to last. I would like to see it not have to be a cash race to get the numbers that I would be a little more impressed. Yeah. I think what Damon's saying is, is probably right. Uh, uh, he says, I think the cash races would, would do good to get RC a little more mainstream for the flash factor, but it's most likely not sustainable for the industry itself. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I mean, we're all kind of guessing, but, um, so yeah, I don't, I mean, what do you mean? Like, I uh, just think as soon as you know who the favorites are and you know, they're signed up for the event, you're not going to get as many people wanting to do it. Cause they know who the favorites are. Um, yeah, I could be wrong about that. Maybe everyone feels like they have it figured out and, and that they're a favorite, but I feel like if you made a $40,000 race at the silver state and eight scale buggy, you'd get 12 entries. Like, and that just, I, and there's a lot more to it, uh, in off-road racing or any kind of road course racing, you know, it's a lot more about the driving, um, any type of road course or off-road races more about the driving, whereas drag is more about the car and what you know about what you're doing with the car. Um, it's like it flip-flops. You know, like yeah. in off-road or, or any kind of road course racing, it, it could, you could say it's 90% driver <clears throat> and 10% car, whereas in drag racing, it might be the opposite. You know, it might be 90% car and 10% driver. And maybe that's what people are attracted to or or they sign up for because they realize, hey, maybe I got that 90% figured out. But we'll see where it goes. I don't know that it's – I don't think it's the end-all, be-all I don't think it has to be for money to be successful. I guess that's my standpoint is there's plenty of people that get into RC because they like it, not because they win any money to do it. And right now I think it's just sort of a glam factor. Um, John Bolton checking in here with the P main trophy, four foot tall, <laughs> which reminds me, um, sticky kicks had a post uh this week that said tell a sad rc story in four words and i wrote one the p main that's a good one there you go uh pete phillips is saying racing has always been about the experience for me i do it for fun exactly we spend a lot of money to have fun there you go Fancy football, same way with me. I just do it for fun, bragging rights. I'm in a money league, but I don't, you know, and I won the money league, which was nice, but I didn't really care. Um, Damien, uh, drag drag seems to offer a little more room for smaller names to upset a bigger name due to the race is over in a couple seconds. That could play a factor. He's making some good it points is. there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you know, that's what I'm saying is when it's ninety ten, if it's ninety percent car, ten percent driver, then that upset I think is a little more 
it could happen a little a little easier. But um, you know, when you're off road racer, if it's ninety and ninety percent driver, ten percent car, getting that upset is going to be difficult. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's the allure. Justin Doyle thought I would have wrote uh, aluminum turn buckles broke me. That that's that would have been good too. It is four words. It is it, that it is. I checked it too before I put that up there. I counted myself one too. Justin Doyle, he is our uh, resident time traveler um, eyewitness. Yeah, yeah. He sent a. That's an old post, by the way. Um, okay, well, we're not done yet here, uh, Jason. Andrew Bishop checking in says, "Hey, Jason." Might be a bit off topic, but we have a lot of rain in the Northeast on some turf tracks. Any plans on possibly offering a softer compound slash rain compound? Fire. You just made the list, Andrew. <laughs> that idea is making the list. Nice. <clears throat> he is writing that down currently. It will be brought up in the meeting tomorrow morning. Okay. Good. All right. You like it. Um, yeah, I think we're good there. Look at that. Two-hour pod. You can listen back at 1.5 or 2.0 speed. Finish it off Maybe. pretty quick. 4.0. 4.0. Do they make a 4.0? I don't know what they, you know what? I I don't speed up my podcast, but I know that's there. So let me just check it out and see what I can listen to here. Um, we'll go to my Robert Ori podcast, one of my new favorite podcasts I listen to. Oh, jeez. He has a good podcast. Does he? Yeah, it's called uh, Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob Pod with Robert Ori. It's good, though. They talk about it. It's, uh... Once a week, once a week he's on. Yeah, let's see how we can fast speed this up. Uh, uh, well, well, that's oh, yeah. We can go up to two point oh. At least on that's the, it on the Google app. I Google Podcast two point oh. <laughs> it's like Joe's almost listening to him at max speed. Yeah, he's one and a half. He's like. I know Pete Phillips is also he's also he's, he uh, listens to him max speed I believe does he yeah or one point five yeah I wonder what that um, it's so they can get through podcasts quicker and go on to other ones because a lot of people have a, a huge podcast list yeah I, I wonder if that says something about you know the way people take in information too like do they like to take you know they take it in fast and they want to move on to something or some people like to make it last or treasure it or something. I wonder if there's something to all that, like the way people take, take in the information. Uh, Andrew's saying, awesome. Love hearing the podcast on Spotify. So he's listening on Spotify. Keep up the good work there, Jason. And me too, I guess. We're trying. We're trying. Don't forget, you can also watch on YouTube, as you're doing right now. 
but maybe there's audio listeners right now. We have a few people say, "Oh man, I didn't know you're on. I didn't know you were uh, broadcasting live on Facebook and YouTube." That's awesome. The YouTube comments are really kind of cool. Just something you wouldn't expect, yeah. right? Right, because I don't really. Um, I just f- always forget to promote YouTube, so we don't have a large sus- subscriber count on there. But uh, go over there, tell a friend, subscribe, YouTube.com slash Radio Impound. Justin Doyle saying BMX Olympics has turf infields, which I love. I, I you know, we can get on this subject with turf infields, Jason, but uh, I do need turf infields at some of these big races when I'm watching them. And I think Jason froze for a little bit. Oh, there you are. Okay. BMX. I think, I think you're still frozen a little bit. You must be uh, downloading something. There you go. So they have turf infields, which, you know, Jason, I wish a lot of these RC tracks would have turf infields. As I'm watching on live RC, it's a little more friendlier to the eye. Who else agrees with me out there? It's nicer. Yeah. Uh, there we go. YouTube comment. Mel Marks is saying, good question, Andrew, like Schumacher's silvers. So and uh, Andrew had the rain question. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So Jason's writing something else down. See that, guys? Where else can you talk to the CEO directly and have him mark down your ideas? Uh, John For Bolton, sure. Jason is saying uh, aluminum uh, aluminum gaudy turnbuckles would be great for drag cars. <laughs> there you go. Hey, like this. You just made the list. <laughs> um. Yeah, Damien, uh, whether it's turf or paint, colored infields look awesome. Absolutely. And just so much easier to watch. So I wish a lot of these big races, while I'm watching on Live RC, um, wish they had painted infields. I realize there's a cost to it, but it just looks so much nicer. It's got to be easier on the eyes for the, the drivers, too, you would think. You would think. Absolutely. So let's make a push for uh, these big events, painted or turf infields. Um, Andrew saying an awesome turf race I attended had sand in the turf. It was turf tennis court. It was way different than standard turf. Jason, ever heard of that one? I've heard of dirt getting into the turf, but I don't think I've ever heard of it on purpose. Mm. All right. Okay, I think uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. This was episode two twenty eight. Good show. A lot of people participating in the chat. Appreciate everyone showing up. Um, Time for dinner. I'll have this. <clears throat> yeah, I'll have this all uploaded. I'll have the audio version uploaded tonight for you guys on wherever you grab your podcast from. And of course, the video version's already up on Facebook and YouTube. Look at that. Quick turnarounds, Jason. Um, Road to 300. Road to 300. Justin Juber says we had sand media turf and it was terrible, whatever that means. John Bolton, Road to 300. We're getting there. We're getting there. Damon, peace. Peace out. Everybody's saying bye. So we appreciate we'll everybody joining us. And uh, yeah, definitely talking talk about a comeback there too. So. All right, guys, have a good one. See you for 229.
sometime very soon. See ya.